congregation. And uh, as such, we do believe that we have found the Messiah that the prophets and the Torah wrote about, and that is Yeshua, and that it is through him that our sins are atoned for. And so I just want to talk about that briefly tonight and tomorrow morning. Uh, Rabbi Michael is going to speak uh, more fully on some of the other themes of Yom Kippur, tying everything together. But the focus of this day, biblically speaking, is very clear. Its name cannot be misunderstood, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. If there's any doubt to what this day is all about, it's not because of what the scriptures say, because the scriptures are very clear. <clears throat> this day is all about atonement, and the readings from the Torah, which are found in Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 16, and also again in Bab Midbar, uh, Numbers 29, uh, give us the details for the observance of this day. I'm not going to take the time to read these passages to, to you tonight, uh, but would encourage you to go home in case you're wondering if what I'm saying is true. Take out your Tanakh uh, in English or Hebrew, and you can read uh, Vayikra Leviticus 16, and you're going to find that what I'm telling you is true, that this day is all about atonement. Both passages give us details, as I said, on how this day is to be observed, and the main aspect was that the Kohen Hakadol, the high priest, would be taking the blood of the sacrificed animal into the Holy of Holies to sprinkle it on the mercy seat. The holy seat was behind the veil. Okay, so <clears throat> if you have ever seen any uh, picture depicting the tabernacle, uh, you know, they had several areas, uh, and the Holy of Holies was that innermost part and there was a veil in front of it, a curtain, and that place, that Holy of Holies could not be entered into except one day a year. And that day was Yom Kippur, and it could only be entered by one person, and that was the Kohen Haggadol. And he had to enter it in the, the prescribed way, and Leviticus by cross 16 gives us the details of how he had to enter that Holy of Holies. And again, it said that he had to take the animals that were being sacrificed, and Rabbi Michael's going to talk about that tomorrow, and take that blood and take it in and to sprinkle it on, the, on the, the, that mercy seat that was on the Ark of the Covenant. And look at what it says. I do want to read one verse from there, Vayikra 1630. For on this day, atonement will be made for you to purify you, you will be clean before Adonai from all your sins. On that day, atonement will be made for you. You will be purified and cleansed from all your sins. I've been reflecting the last couple of days about atonement, and my heart has welled up as I reflect, and I, I found myself just saying, Yeshua, I thank you. Uh, that my sins are atoned for. You know, it's not something that is to be taken lightly. Uh, this verse here is such a part of understanding why atonement is needed, not only by Jewish people, but by all of mankind. On this day, atonement will be made, and you will be cleansed. So every Jewish person who comes to celebrate and observe Yom Kippur, this is the purpose for this day, that your sins would be atoned for and you would be cleansed and purified. 
And when we read the entirety of that chapter, we see there's only one way that that can take place. But before we do that, we need to just look at why atonement is needed. Number one, it's necessary in order for us to have a relationship with Adonai and to stand before him. Atonement, as we've read through the prayers, and a lot of these prayers are traditional prayers. Uh, from We have several traditional moxors that we just took some of these prayers out of. And these prayers all reflect this, that, that there is guilt, and there is um, this guilt because of sin uh, interrupts our relationship with, with Adonai. And, and so we come, and atonement is to remove that guilt and, and avert the anger of God and to restore relationship with him that has been severed due to sin. And it's a substitutionary act. And Rabbi Michael spoke on this in, on Rosh Hashanah when he talked about uh, Rosh Hashanah and the, uh, and the Akedah, the binding of Isaac. And he talked a little bit about that. But, you know, atonement is necessary because everyone has this sin issue. And that's what Cross 16 does. Again, read through verse by verse. It talks about yeah, Aaron, the, the first Kohen Haggadol high priest, had to go in and first atone for his own sins and that of his family. Once he was atoned for, then he would go in and atone for the whole nation of Israel. And the second thing is that, that it's sin that keeps us from our relationship. Habakkuk 1.13, the prophet says of God, your eyes are so pure to behold evil that you cannot look on mischief or on sin. And Yeshiyahu, the Isaiah, the prophet says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. And that's why we need to be purified and cleansed from our sin. And that's what Vayikra 1630 is telling us. On this day, I'm going to take care and I'm going to purify you and cleanse you. And it is by bringing that blood into the Holy of Holies and putting it on the mercy seat that that will be accomplished. And finally, when we are purified through the atonement with the blood of the sacrifice, we are then able to stand before God. Again, as Messianic believers, we understand who the Messiah is and that he is our means of atonement and that there is no other way that, that our sins can be atoned for. You cannot escape what Vayikra Leviticus chapter 16 is saying. And even though we know that for over 2,000 years, our Jewish people as a whole have not had a sacrificial system set up since the temple was destroyed, it doesn't, it doesn't nullify God's prescribed way of atonement in his Torah. God never, ever changed that. Vayikra 17 11 says, for the life of the creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the other. It is the blood that makes atonement for one sin. And even though today, in traditional Judaism, you will not hear a lot about blood atonement, although it is woven within the, the writings and the literature. Again, if I were to bring one of the traditional prayer books to you and, and go through some of the prayers for this day, you're going to see the prayers that mention the blood atonement because it's such a fabric of, of Judaism because it's based on ancient Judaism, realized and recognized what God prescribed in his Torah. 
But modern Judaism and Judaism since, you know, the uh, 2,000 years ago, since the destruction of the temple, has had to come up with another means of atonement in their minds because there was no temple. And therefore, there could be no way to sacrifice and to take blood into a holy of holies. But within the rabbinic writings, we see their understanding of the need for blood atonement. In the Talmud, in the, part, uh, in the tractate Yoma, which is on Yom Kippur, it says, there is no atonement without the blood. And then one Jewish scholar, Abin Ezra bin Meir, from 1089 to 1164, said, So here was life for life, the innocent for the guilty. God's solution is and has always been blood sacrifice as a means to expiate sin. It's just God's, God's way. Another Jewish writing, the Sefer HaChinuch, says that when a man sins, he cannot cleanse his heart merely by uttering between himself and the wall, I have sinned and will never repeat it. Only by doing an overt act to atone for his sin, by taking rams from his enclosure and troubling himself to bring them to the temple, give them to the priest and perform the entire rite as prescribed for sin offerings. Only then will he impress upon his soul the extent of the evil of his sin and take measures to avoid it in the future. These Jewish scholars and sages understood that the blood atonement was the only means of expiating for sin. But as I said, since 70 CE, there has been no temple, and this has become an issue for Judaism. And Without the temple, it's been hard to sacrifice. So we know the famous Yochanan bin Sakai, those who are part of this congregation, have heard us speak of this, this rabbi who really set the course of what is now called rabbinic Judaism, which is not exactly biblical Judaism. I'll just tell you, and you can talk to me afterwards if you'd like to find out why I believe that. And this is one of the reasons, because it has ignored what... Leviticus 16 says, So Rabbi Yochanan bin Sakai, after the destruction of the temple in 70 CE, when his Talmudim, his students came to him and said, Rabbi, what are we going to do now? We have no temple. How can we sacrifice? He said that three things would take the place of the sacrifice. Prayer, charity, and uh, good deeds. Yet, throughout the centuries, in these quotes that I quoted were books that were written and by sages after Yochanan ben Sakai. They still mention the sacrificial system. Why? Because if you want to be true to what God prescribes in his Torah, you can't ignore it. Adonai wants to atone for our sins. 
verse 30 of Vayikra, on this day, I will make atonement for your sins. I will cleanse. Do you hear God's heart? On this day, I will make atonement. I will cleanse and I will purify you. But how does that happen on this day? If you read in context of Vayikra 16, it is through the blood sacrifice. And as Jewish and Gentile people who are part of this congregation, as I said at the beginning of my message, we have found him who the prophets wrote about, the Messiah of Israel, and his name is Yeshua. And the new covenant tells us that he was the ultimate Yom Kippur sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him, Yeshua, as the Lord's sacrifice, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, Vayikras 16.30 said, on this day I will make atonement, I will purify, I will cleanse you. How does that take place? Because he made him, the Messiah, Yeshua, who knew no sin, to take on our sin so that we could be cleansed. And the book of Messianic Jews has so much to say about Yeshua and his ultimate offering of himself and his blood in the holy of holies, not man-made, but that which is in heaven, and correlates it to that which the Kohen Hagadol did year after year here on earth. And I just want to read a few of these passages, first beginning with chapter 13, 11, and 12. To the old system, the animals are killed and the bodies disposed of outside the camp, and the blood is then brought inside to the altar as a sacrifice for sin. It's the same way with Yeshua. He was offered outside the city gate, that is where... He poured out the sacrificial blood that was brought to God's altar to cleanse his people. Again, Vayikras 16.30, on this day, I will make atonement and I will cleanse and purify you. Chapter 9 of Messianic Jews, verses 11 through 14. Messiah came as a Kohen Hagadol of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves. We don't have any goats or calves here tonight. But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if sprinkling ceremonially unclean persons with the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer restores their outward purity, then how much more the blood of the Messiah who through the eternal spirit offered himself to God as a sacrifice without blemish, will purify our conscience from works that lead to death so that we can serve the living God. Again, Volume Cross 1630, on this day I will make atonement and cleanse and purify you through the blood of Yeshua. And then in chapter 9, verses 26 through 28, he then would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of the age, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice himself. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this judgment, so Messiah was offered once to bear the sins of many. 
to those who eagerly await for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin unto salvation. And the verse before that said that he is not like the Kohen Haggadol who had to go in year after year, but Yeshua, our great Kohen Haggadol, entered in once to do away with sin once and for all. So that here in 5777, the new year that we have entered into, we can come into this sanctuary and we can accept his provision for us and know that on this day, atonement has been made for our sins because 2,000 plus years ago, Yeshua entered in once and for all into the Holy of Holies in heaven and he offered his blood as that ultimate sacrifice that would make atonement and purify and cleanse your sin and my sin. And I am forever grateful that he did that for me and he did that for you. Often... People today, Jewish and non-Jewish people, are not sure of atonement. I remember we used to go up on Stony Brook, my husband and I, and we'd uh, engage students. And actually, my husband even had a weekly dialogue with a rabbi up there for about a year. And in discussing with them about uh, atonement and, and, and asking them, and I remember asking, you know, do you know that, that your sins are atoned for? I remember one young student who I uh, met with for a whole semester after Hebrew class. He wanted to talk to me about my faith in Yeshua as the Messiah. So we sit down and study Hebrew scriptures. And I remember at the beginning, say, and he says, I don't know. I don't know. And even the rabbi said that to my husband. I'm not sure. And as I said on Saturday, I am sure that my name is written in the book of life. Not because of anything that I have done, as we said through our prayers, it's by God's grace and his mercy. And because even there in Valley Cross 16, 30, he says, on this day, I will make atonement for you. I will cleanse you and purify you. And he did that through Yeshua so that by my putting my trust in him, and what he did on the tree of sacrifice and offering his blood into that holy of holies in the heavens, I can stand here and know that when the books are closed on this Yom Kippur, my name is written in that book. There are several prayers from the ancient prayer books that talk about the Messiah being the one who would make atonement for ourselves, for our sins. This prayer is based on Yeshiahu Isaiah 53, which says, I got to this part of my message, which is the end, so we'll soon be closing here. I thought, I should have spoken on Isaiah 53, so maybe next year I will speak on that passage. But this prayer is part of the liturgy you can find in, in some of the older uh, Maxors for Yom Kippur. And it says, Our righteous Messiah has departed from us. 
We are horror-stricken and have none to justify us, our iniquities and the yoke of our transgressions. He carried who was wounded because of our transgression. He carries who was wounded because of our transgression. He bears on his shoulder the burden of our sins to find pardon for all our iniquity. By his stripes we shall be healed. This is a prayer in the traditional Moxor based on Isaiah 53 saying that it's the Messiah who is going to bear our iniquities, wounded, again, offering his blood. And in another writing, writing the Biskita Rabbat says, as a faithful shepherd, Mashiach already cares so much about his people that he volunteered to suffer all kinds of agonies to assure that not a single Jew of all times would be lost. And as I close today, I want to tell you, whether you're Jew or Gentile, male or female, old or young, you too can have the assurance that your sins are atoned for. God says to you from by your cross 1630, on this day, I will atone for your sin and cleanse and purify you. It's not because you brought a goat or bull into the sanctuary that that's going to take place. So how can it take place? It's a step of faith. You have to simply say, okay, there's this Messiah that Rabbi Carol's talking about. And even though I don't fully understand it, I think she's, there's something to what she's saying. And for me, I was six years old. Those who here know me know my story. At six years old, for the very first time, I heard about Yeshua. And I remember sitting in the service, and I was asked to go down to the front, and I went down to the front, and I said yes to Yeshua. And I remember walking back to my seat and saying to myself, I have done something and understand what many adults do not even understand and putting my trust in this Messiah called Yeshua. And from that day forward, my life was forever changed. And from that day forward, I knew with assurance my name was written in the book of life. And as I've been reflecting on atonement over the last couple of days, my heart has been renewed and overwhelmed with God's great love and compassion for me that he would give himself so that my sins could be atoned for, that on this day I can know that I am cleansed and purified and that my name is written in the book of life. And I close with this scripture from Tehillim. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman whose sin, transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is covered. Friends, that can be you today. Like me, you can make that decision, and you can say yes to Yeshua. Obviously, I didn't understand everything at six years old. I just knew that this Messiah, they were telling me about Yeshua, loved me enough that he would give his life for me. And that captivated my heart, and I was overwhelmed by his love for me. And over the years, I have grown to understand more intellectually than I understood at six years old. Six years old. And you may not understand everything, but in your heart of hearts, you can make a decision to accept God's provision of atonement for you today. And if you'd like to do that, I invite you to talk to myself or my husband after service.
I'm just going to close with a little prayer over my message, and then we'll continue uh, our service out with a couple of more prayers. Adonai, thank you that on this day you have made atonement to cleanse and to purify us from our sins. And I thank you that that atonement was done through the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua, that he offered his blood for my sins, for the sins of everyone in this room, that we could know without a shadow of a doubt that our names were written in the book of life. God, I pray for those who are here today struggling and not sure if this is true, that you would open their eyes to see the truth. For those who are unsure and, 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 and questioning, I pray again that you would answer every question they have. And that each one in this room today and those listening to this podcast, wherever they might be in the world, God will come to make that decision that will forever change their life. And that they would have the confidence and the knowledge that their sins are forgiven and their name is written in the book of life by accepting Yeshua the Messiah personally into their lives. I thank you.